Podcast that talks to different people from around the world about their unique beliefs, ideas, and worldviews. And I hope that in this little way, we can create a better world amidst our differences. Uh, Stephen Cooper, he is 26 years old. He is from Georgia in the United States. And he graduated from Columbus State University and has a degree, degree in political science. Like I said, I'm 20, I'm 26 political science, you know, um, degree. I focus on philosophy and uh, a reason as to why things exist and why, how should we live? Um, to answer your question, do I believe in God? I think, yeah. I mean, everyone believes in a, in a power bigger than itself. Even if you believe in an atheist, if you look at Greeks, ancient Greek, they had a God called um a guy who was ag- or agnostic that was an actual god so being atheist you believe in a god it's just that there's no existence of a god so you just don't believe that god actually has a body um i guess it's a lot of tradition and faith um uh desire of, not, of the not knowing if there is a god it's better to believe in him and hope that i'm doing things by him by him that's correct rather than there is be, there is a god i don't believe in him and then i do things because it seems that it's uh, you what your belief your be What the cause that of your belief is similar to Pascal's wager, where um, you believe in God because it, it would be it would be better to believe than uh, suffer the consequences of not believing. Why do you think that the believing would be something beneficial? Because uh, you could actually live your life in a godless way and be much much you could you could but it could seem it could be said the opposite you could live your life in a godful way and be very much much happy so the question becomes is like which way makes you happy and if you choose the path that you believe that will provide you the best satisfaction okay, then some, from what you're saying then i'm 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 hearing that you believe in god because that seems to be the path that makes you happy that seems to be some sort of preference instead of Of logically concluding that there is a God based on any uh, information that you've received. It's just that, um, oh, I'm doing this, I'm believing God because it makes me happy. And I, there, I'm, I, I have no reason to believe otherwise. You know, that's funny you say that because even, as an, even if there was an atheist, an atheist would say that I don't believe in God because there's no evidence there is a God. But there's no evidence that there isn't a God either. So uh, atheists would be choosing to be- not believe in God out of preference. Rather than uh, purpose of the information that in, that validates that there is there isn't a God. Now, never did God say. I mean, he says in the heavens, the heavens never truly said that is right. As soon as you leave the earth, the heavens could be anywhere, could be out of our universe. We really don't know what the heavens is. We just choose to believe that the heavens is above us, outside of our, outside of our world. I I I, to- I heard you say that um, atheists be- don't believe in God out of preference. Because it's it's because there is no absolute uh, knowledge that there is no God or there is a God, right? And so, but for example, coming if someone came from a an atheist perspective, they would say that I don't believe in God because there is no reason for me to believe in God at all, right? And then there is no uh, uh, there is no uh, evidence whatsoever for me to cause me to believe in God and any religion that claims. That that God is real, well, I would reduce to flaws and 
and invalidity in, in terms of uh, biblical text or scriptural text and a lot of illogical flaws in terms of doctrine as well i mean that would be very that 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 to that i'll tell i would say is that is this the difference between a reason and, a, and an excuse is if you believe it or not if i told you i can't be on the i can't i couldn't do this show today after committing to it and i said the reasons why i can't do it is because i have other obligations whether you believe me as me being honest and truthful will determine if you accept it as a reason. Whether you don't believe me or not will tell, well, if you do not believe me, then you say, okay, that's an excuse. The only difference between reason and excuse is the belief of the individual who's hearing it. So in this case, I'll tell the atheist that you're seeing this as, an, as not reason enough because you don't believe it. And therefore you are closing off to the actuality and probability that it could be truthful. So it's not so much the information is not there, is that you don't believe the information. So then, for example, if someone were to be uh, very irrational in terms of uh, their judgment on what they believe, right? So if, if the Bible didn't seem very irrational to them, then that wouldn't be based on any preference or any belief. That would simply be be coming from a very um, what what someone would call objective stance. Well, it's only objective if it's universal. If the stance is universal, then it's objective. But if it's only subject, if it's only based on your own personal um, interpretation of the stats, then it's subjective. So there are millions, billions of people who said God exists, and then and then you're a part of the few who said God doesn't exist. Are you part of the objective, or are you part of the subject? I'm, 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 what I'm, what, what, I, what I, I guess the thing about it is that it's objective. Objective is much more all based upon societal's understanding, societal's agreement. Society has agreed that this is what it is. I will take, for example, I'll give you, for example, the wor uh, a word. Let's say good or lawful. Society defines lawful as being something that we all we all abide by. Somebody do going by the way of the law, right? That's an objective definition. But what I consider subjectively to be lawful may be different than what you subjectively consider to be lawful. We each have our subjective rubric. If the society itself says that God exists. A person subjectively said, no, he doesn't, and these are my evidence as to why. But if majority of the people in this world says, because right now, I think it's almost a billion um, Muslim, over a billion um, um, Christians, and over seven, eight million um, Jews, the numbers are astronomically more in those who have faith than those who don't. So the question is, uh, who's the outlier? Because the objective, objective is those of those who actually represent the majority of society, not the minority. Won't you agree on that? Uh, that would differ from some society to society, what you would be called ob objective, right? But in terms of what is truly objective, that would be, um, so, uh, uh, let's say, how about scientific? Let's use the word scientific. Scient scientifically, okay. the Bible doesn't add up. There are a lot of flaws, and you you couldn't say you couldn't scientifically say that whatever what everything that the Bible says is objectively true. Because I mean that's factual. The scientifically, the Bible is not supported scientifically, um, and I I, I I would honestly say that science is modern. So you're applying a modern thing, a modern phenomenon to to recall something that it hasn't seen. It wasn't there for. Science can only quantify or measure something that is within the present. Um, for example, 
science does not know the actual weight of an atom. We give it an approximation. Um, and so unless if science can actually physically has its hand on it in the moment, it can actually measure it. Could you measure the impact of an atomic bomb now than before then? Um, mm -hmm. from, the, not from World War II, could you measure it now? No. You only measure it in the moment. Science only captures what's in the moment and projects what it can be in the future. Science cannot capture what has already occurred and try to apply it into the moment. So these things are some that's not okay, measurable then, uh, in the moment. There are scientific methods that would, would be in some, in some way abductive, you know, that um, they, they, they see, they, they know certain principles that is that is uh that is bound by the 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 universe is bound by and they can test that uh, that uh, that that would be consistent even during the time of the bible and so any miracles that the bible would that would present would mean that it would break these uh already scientific rules right so uh, you so, so basically that uh, scientists can infer that s something li uh, like a miracle wouldn't be able to happen unless it, it was a literal miracle, you know. And so you cannot you cannot really test a a an outlier event because because you claim it is an outlier event. You can't test an outlier event because it. Is labeled as outlier because it's an outlier. You cannot really measure it. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I think I think in that case, then we're saying the same thing. That's saying like science cannot really measure what happened um, as a, as an outlier because it has nothing else to compare it to. And since it's an outlier, science would not be able to put it in a pigeonhole. That's what science tries to do with everything: is to put it in a category and label it. It won't be able to label it since it can't label it. You can't say God doesn't exist because that's not that's outside of the realm of scientific inquiry and scientific scientifically they cannot prove that he does or doesn't exist because how would science measure god existence? how does science measure our existence if you ask a scientist what is life they'll say the ability to breathe and that's it but each individual have a very subjective definition of life some people say equal equal life what is equal life it's that's something that's not measurable by science or by any other means okay okay then Let's say that uh, science wouldn't be able to um, test the Bible, but for example, the Bible would claim very, very uh, different uh, events compared to what science says. For example, Genesis. That that, that is very, very... Uh, they can re uh, prove in a way that um, the Earth is millions of years old, and not what uh, young Earth uh, creation is. Well, I mean, I, I don't think the Bible ever gives a time frame of how old the Earth is. Um, I think the Bible says God created the heavens and the Earth, and doesn't say He created heaven and Earth in 29 BC um, or 20 or 29 AD. He doesn't give a time frame of it because I think time is a man-made construction that we that was created well after Christ died. Um, by, I believe, secular folks to try to keep track of what's going on. Um, I think Galileo was even one of the first, one of the ones who affected the way we look at the at, the, at time right now. It's really obvious that um, the genealogy from Adam to Jesus 
would uh, set a time frame that would be at a maximum uh, 9,000 years old? I mean, that, 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 that would be falsified way to keep track of genealogy through father. Anyone who understands science will tell you that you cannot track um, lineage through the father. It's only tracked through the mother because everybody shares the mitochondria, which is passed on from their mother to a child, no matter what gender it is. Mother gene, mother genealogical track is much more accurate scientifically than a than a um, than a father, because the father genes are not no. You have more cells in your body are from your mother than they are from your. Father. Yeah, but uh, it, uh, what what I mean is that in the Bible, or for example, in you that in the New Testament, it it clearly states the uh, a very specific genealogy from Adam to Jesus, and you could. Can I, can I ask you this? Because the Bible is not very detailed. It's very vague and spots all over the place a little bit. Um, who was Jesse? Jesse was the son of Ohad and the grandson of Boaz and Ruth and was a farmer and sheep breeder in Bethlehem. This is a very specific um, genealogy from there is Adam to Seth to Enosh and it, it leads to Jesus actually. And when you account, let's say that uh, people in Adam's time aged up to 1,000 years old, that's still, mm -hmm. that's still uh, a very short time. So that would probably be um, 9,000 9, years, you know? That's, that's the accepted time frame. Okay. So if we go that to the time frame, and we say that everything, as you said, as we stated, is agreed upon. Um, and 9,000 years of human existence on Earth. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that scientists says that the Earth, the Earth is dated back to over 200,000 years, right? Do we know how long Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden before getting kicked out? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, it would seem that, let's say that they were there for maybe 10 years. Okay, how about that? 10 years in the Garden of Eden. How long do you think the, the Earth itself, when you uh, age it in terms of... Um, I mean, 10 years is, is very great. I mean, you're talking about people living in perfection. And before even Eve was born or was created from Adam's rib, Adam lived there for... God knows how long. And also you got to remember that a day to God and a day to us is very different. So we're talking about seven, seven days, that can, that can be a very unmeasurable time frame. The Bible is very vague and creates an unmeasurable time frame that we don't understand how to measure. And science provides human measurements to a biblical time frame. Can you truly do that and actually measure it accurately? Okay, okay. I, I get what you're saying then. Noah's time. Do you, uh, do you think there was a global flood or simply a local flood? Global back then was very, the world was very small. So people, or people concept of the world was very small. So could it have been actually truly global? I doubt it. Could it actually truly have been a local? Possibly. But even science talk about global flood happening, actually being truthful. Just that the ice melted during the ice ages and it actually raised the seawater. So, I mean, it depends on what aspect of it you're looking at to really truly get a measurement. Okay, so we were looking at 
uh, naturalistic explanations for the Bible, right? And you probably won't deny evolution as well. Do I deny evolution? Um, I can't deny what I don't know. Okay, so you do you uh, disagree that humanity came from evolving from a small cell? You know, um, I don't think I disagree with it. I think that um, that evolution could be possible. It could have been, you know, God's way to God way of making us. He just said he brought us to life. He doesn't say from what or from how. So naturalistic explanations for biblical phenomena and miracles. Okay, uh, but. And I, I I I see what your uh what your your side is here, and I I talk to a lot of people who have similar uh, opinions, and so um, then an atheist would present to you facts or logical facts on why God is not wouldn't actually exist. For example, um, he would say that um, uh, if God was perfect. Uh, and complete then why would he why would he need to create something that would mean that there was something missing from him initially for him to actually fulfill a need how would you answer that the idea of perfect complete that i'll say you're using in that definition is that complete means everything is there um you are giving your subjective definition of the word or your own personal belief of the word as opposed to his. Um, and what I say, I realize I would say that is because I think each person have a personal subjective definition of certain things. Um, what completes you might be having, you might be completed right now, but does that mean you don't want to have kids? And I think, go ahead. So it, it, it seems that um, you're presenting that it's simply an overabundance of God's love or his uh, self uh, glory that he would create, right? Well, not not so much that. I think that God saw it as a chance to create us and create what he created as an answer to sharing his completeness as a way to say, you know what, I am complete. And since I am complete, I'm able to create something else that I believe will be as complete as me. Yeah, I, I, I really understand your position here. So if an atheist would say that... Um, uh, you, it would take a lot of faith to believe that Jesus exi- actually existed, you know, because um, based on simply biblical uh, evidence, that's not enough to support it. And so uh, why would I uh, have believe in something that se- doesn't seem to, be actu- to have actually existed? Okay. Um, to actually exist, I, I, I'll question. I'll, I'll, my first question would be to them is, what do you consider to be existent? What evidence would you need to show you that he existed? Do you need to see a picture? Do you need to see him walking on the street? Do you need to see evidence that we have today? Do you believe? Um, do you believe the czar, uh, the very first czar of Russia, ever existed? If there wasn't pictures of him, do you believe Genghis Khan existed? If we wouldn't have pictures of him, or why? Well. Uh... I think the logical answer to that because there was um, uh, stories that he existed, accounts, uh, different uh, uh, texts on 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 history that would prove he was real. Well, once you say each book in the Bible is different texts on history that prove Jesus was real. Okay. Okay. So um, then, um, for example, um, 
I don't really have a, a knowledge on on how to dismantle the Bible because but um th- this is how I would put it. Um the Bible has been in uh, in the hands of the Roman Empire and they they have used it to uh as a way to control the population, right? And and that is what and uh, in terms of of what the Bible says, there are a lot of evidence uh, that there that there are changes to what it actually says. And how would you answer that? Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, completely honest. My personal belief is that religion is like politics. It's a form, it's a political ideology that is formulated to how we should live. You try to answer that question and how what is best for us to live at, live by. It creates an objective morality that each person, every person shares. Um, so to answer that question, honestly and truthfully, we do need it. Um, and it is going to be tweaked as society changes. For example, there are people who are finding books in the Bible that says homosexuality is okay, or trying to find ways to make it seem like God is accepting of all people. So as time goes on, people are going to tweak the way they think we should live to fit the moral, the moral scope of the time that we live in. Um, religion is never fixed. If you look back even on the Japanese history of creation, they created their, they believe their gods came down and point their staff in the sea and raised the four islands up. They believe that that was the center of the world, but that has changed. Everybody's religion transforms and adapts and creates something new each and every time. Ab- absolutely no evidence that God exists exists nor God doesn't exist. So therefore uh, I would have to rely on my preferences, right? That's that's what that's what you said. So because I re- rely on my pres- preferences, I see no need to believe in any God and that if if God really wanted me to believe in him I, I, he would actually uh, show himself to me, and if he really loves me uh, and wants to save me, then he would uh, give me enough evidence to actually believe. So, and therefore, right now I see no evidence, and I have no reason to believe in him. That's a very that's that's a very that's a very elitist um, type of approach. It's like all these other people believe it. But I see no evidence, so I don't believe it. And since God wants me to believe like they do, he should do more than he has done for them. That's like saying, I deserve to, I deserve more proof than they do. If it's enough proof for them, why is it not enough for you? So I'm guessing that, for example, um, there has also been the argument for why is there evil in the world, you know? And an omnibenevolent God, an all-benevolent God would not allow any evil happening in his creation. How would you explain that? Um, would it, so evil is, you know, like things that are against, things that are opposite of good, right? So like... Um, if I was to come on this show and speak on things that are not necessarily in line with your vision, you would you stop me? That's how you're made in his image. 
your ability to allow people to have the free choice and free will to do what what they think is right, um, whether it's right or wrong. Um, I think the last Marvel movie captured it perfectly. Um, I think Thanos had a sense that he was saving the world. He was doing the right thing, although he was causing half the life of the, of the universe. Evil, right and wrong, it's a matter of perspective inside you on. People think they're always doing the right thing. So I think God allows us to do what we believe is right, although it doesn't measure up to his standards. But he wants you to see. What are you, are you going to do to things that I that aligns with me without me forcing you to do it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So uh, one last uh, the argument that I would say, for example, um, I, I would uh, I, this would be referred to those who are similar, do have have an understanding that uh, being saved would mean that you were predetermined by God to be saved, right? So if everybody, mm-hmm. so if everybody, if God wanted everyone to be saved, and that. They would ha- uh, on that they c- people can only be saved if God actually uh, decided or chose you to be saved. Then, uh, what would ha- why would God create a universe or a, a scenario where there would be people who wouldn't be saved or who would who wouldn't choose Him? Um, you know, I'm personally from I don't adhere to predestination, but um, if I was to just be have some fun with this real fast. I got to answer that in um, in a succinct way would be that there are people, God, I guess since God is all-knowing, he already knows who's going to be saved because he's already able to see, he's all-knowing, all-seeing, he already knows what's going to happen. So since he already knows, it's not that about predestination, it's much more about, I have already had the recollection and knowledge of what's going to happen before you even do it. And since I already have that recollection and knowledge, I'm just allowing you to do what it, what is best and to see if you're going to come to fruition with what it is. You get what I'm saying? If I intervene and say and, and stop it, then what I know is going to be wrong. Yeah, but uh, as we were talking about that, uh, if the God, ultimately God has control of the outcome, you know, and he is, uh, he, the providence would would say that um, whatever the outcome, it was ultimately uh, up to God, right? And so how would how would you explain that? Well, if you say God's a control of the outcome, don't you think that he's already, he has already ran different scenarios to save that person and the outcome still remains the same? Yeah, so um, then uh, whoever the person is, for example, if I were, if God were to say, "Create me," and that in all all possible scenarios, there was there was actual actually no instance to which I believed in God, would that be my fault? Because uh, um, whoever I am, however I am created, that that was ultimately up to God as well. So He had the power to create me differently. But he chose not to. So he should have created. So he should have created created you in a way to where you were able to be saved. If God ultimately wanted everyone to be saved, he would uh, act, present the best scenario. So basically, you're saying God should create drones who just goes to the end goal that he wants. And instead of us being humans with free will and free ability to decide and rationalize and logically think, he should just 
makes all of us mindless drones that just goes the way he wants to go. Well, if 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 you compare it, make it more utopic. Okay, so if you compare it, if you if you compare that reality to a reality where billions of people go to hell, uh, suffer in hell for all eternity, I would choose the utopia. Well, I mean, I mean that utopia is utopia to who? A utopia without ability of choice is utopic to the person who's in control, not to the people who are living it. Okay, so uh, what you're saying is that um, a utopia would be utterly meaningless if it is not shared, right? If if the, if the drones themselves do not have any control that to make it a utopia, okay? So then... Uh, in terms of let's say what is good which is or be, which is a better scenario it, it would be probably subjective right in terms of which is preferred mm -hmm. okay then uh, ultimately how would we measure with how would you measure which scenario is better because i'm, I'm thinking that um, you would actually uh, prefer a reality where billions suffer in hell for all eternity but that there is a group of people in heaven who chose to be in heaven and create this perfect uh, heaven to 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 compare this on a secular level um it's almost like and this is going to be a very very strange comparison it's almost like capitalism where your actions and your deeds determine your determine the result or in some sense, communism, where everybody's on the same level, we're all drones doing the same thing, getting paid, getting an equal outcome, regardless of what we put in. So the question is, do you want a system where there are some people who are gonna succeed and rise, or those who are some gonna actually, you know, falter and fall? Which one do you truly want? Do you want to have the chance of seeing your decisions and your work gains based upon your merits or do you want a decision of where everything's already done already no matter what you do how you do it the outcome's going to be the same you could kill ten thousand people you're still gonna go to heaven so then uh if you if you decided to the world actually i think that they would choose the capitalist because uh, well that's the the current prevailing economic system that current now but but I guess that um, that's that's uh, very subjective still, you know, in terms of even in in, in a secular terms. Okay, so so uh, uh, for example, if there was at least one person who would, in his subjective way, disagree with the with the capitalistic heavenly universe or reality, uh, that would actually mean that he would be a victim of this. Right, because, and so when uh, so when uh, once when when, uh, when a person is a, a victim to which uh, a system that he never he would have never uh, preferred in any reality, then then that would mean that God is unjust because he he put people in situations where they had no choice but to but to be, love him and worship him i won't say unjust i would say uh, what, what you would say then is not necessarily unjust because justice will always go back to the law of the land 
um, rather than to the law of the, the law of fairness. Um, someone might say that's unfair. I didn't have a chance to have a vote in saying it. Um, but as the old saying goes, um, the sons live up to the up to the agreements that the fathers the fathers determine. Um, um, so it's not necessarily that it's unfair or it's unjust. It's much more as if you were fair as if you didn't have a say in it. But now you do have a say because now as a as an adult, someone who you can choose to either partake or leave, and that's your choice. That's the reason why we had that free will. You're not compelled to stay, but I think people feel compelled because that's all they know. Since it's all you know, you say, well, I didn't have a choice in choosing what I know. I should have a choice in choosing. Well, that's like science. We have a choice in choosing what was right and what was wrong. It was taught to you. This is science, this is how you look at it, this is how, what it is. So it's not a matter of right or wrong, it's a matter of you not feeling, you feeling without a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, I completely understand. And so then, uh, I th I think, for example, for an individual in this real God inclusive reality, then, ja for example, if God, it, it, we're simply fortunate that God is an all loving and all benevolent God, because uh, we, uh, in terms of being human, we have no power over reality. Uh, whatever we think subjectively is good or bad, we would we have no power over what is the prevailing. Uh, standard in the universe. So, so I think that's 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 that's, that's a false. That's, that's that's quite a kind of false. I think the thing is that God gave us a uh, power over it with our ability to choose how what we believe and what we don't believe. You have the power over 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 reality if you believe it or not. You rea as scholars said, reality is perception. If you perceive it, therefore, is real. Now. How real it is, how real it is with sharing society is depending upon what is what others around you believe. If I, if we both believe that God doesn't exist, then that's our reality. Our reality is God is not real. But if we both believe that God exists, then our reality is that there is a God. You have the choice. Okay, but th there's a problem there, though. For example, okay, we do have a choice and to believe in what reality. But then the problem is. If there is a God in the universe, and we are able to choose a the uh, uh, a reality in which we believe in, if we for to say believe that God was not real, we would be punished for all eternity for what we chose to believe. And the the the, the issue is like the issue is that you hope to do you have to accept your decision no matter what it is. A lot of people wants to be right, their fear of being wrong. But there's a risk to everything. You have to accept the fact that you might be wrong and be like, if I'm wrong, this is what's going to happen. The same way if I accept the fact that there is a God and there isn't, there's there's a consequences with that. And the consequences might be I may not have enjoyed life as much as I probably could, but that's a choice you make. And choices have consequences. You cannot be fearful of consequences. Yeah, but the, the, the thing though here is that, for example... Uh, it is up to me. It is. It was uh, a risk I took to not be, to not or to believe in God. But uh, if in a God inclusive universe, the problem here is that if God were to have given me a choice to believe or not believe in Him, it would have been up to Him to give me enough information so that I would believe in Him to for me to actually. Uh, be uh end up in the heavenly uh, paradise 
right? So it it's still up to God in a way to control the outcome because he he has the power to do it and if he desired for everyone to be saved he would uh create that outcome and once and once more i, I would i'm sorry but i um kind of went off once more my, my question would be completely to you is that why is your necessity for belief higher when there are billions who already believe in him and they and the evidence he's provided to believe it you're saying those evidence is not good enough for you you want more so how is how is god demand how is you demanding more from god just okay okay so uh this is how i would answer that uh uh it's not that okay it's not that i am i don't have uh i i present a need Okay, um, I- I'm sorry. Th- there's a problem th- with the computer. Uh, the disk space is full, <laughs> and it stopped recording. Um, so uh, can we uh, uh, end this shortly, and then we can I could uh, delete some stuff so that we can continue the conversation. Okay, thanks, man. Uh, thanks for understanding. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have. It's it's really awesome this conversation, and I want to, I want to continue it, but I I can't record it if the disk is full. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Okay, so yeah, um, I am. I'm. I can be. It could be fair for me to say that you have some uh, very rational reasons as to why you believe in God, and you have a very good idea of who God is. Then, can you uh, tell us about the kind of God you believe in and why? Oh, um, well, probably this. I'm a third generation. Preacher's kid. I think my uncle's a preacher. My grandfather was a preacher as well, as well as my great grandfather. I think he was a he was a if I want to remember correctly, he was a um, missionary. I went back to Africa. Um, so I have pretty deep roots as far as it goes. But for me, God is someone who is, if you do the right thing, you put yourself in the right position. Um, is he benevolent? Yes, but he's also asked for cooperation from the uh, from others. Um, as, as the Bible says, you know, the Bible also in the and I think it's in Ruth, where the story was about leaving ten percent of your yield for others. You do ninety percent of the work, and he does the last ten percent of the yield if you have a good a good harvest. Um, we also have to do our part. And in, in us doing our part, we always have to look for his help in doing the little bit that makes a difference between prosperity and um, failure. I think a lot of people want God to do 90% of the work and they only do 10, which is the problem. Um, so he's a person who depends on your hard work. He gives you the little bit to get over the top. Uh, it's been great talking to you, Stephen. And um, I hope that we could do more episodes about it and we could focus less on and theism and uh, about other stuff that could be interesting as well oh man definitely agree man um i'm surprised you didn't go with some of the hot topics in today um i said i'm like i told you before i'm pretty open um i have ideas on everything opinions on everything um whatever you want to do it again just let me know if i'm open i'll definitely be able to so that's the end of it thanks for tuning in guys this is your host elmo Ador jr and Thank you for listening in and please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. 
this, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank you.